guys. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and I'm so excited for you guys to join me for another week here. This week, I have Amy Cavalieris of Blueprint Studio with me, and I'm so excited for her to join me. Hey, Amy. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so well. I'm so I'm just so honored to be on with you today. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to have you here. I would love to um, start with you just sharing your story and how you got to where you are, what you're doing. Sure. Well, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I let's see. Let's go back to the beginning. I guess when um, my husband and I got married, when we got engaged, he decided to go back to seminary right around that time. Just uh-huh. you know, that wasn't stressful at all. No. <laughs> so I was in a sales position and pretty much um, put my husband through seminary. We both knew that's what where God wanted him. It's something he had prayed over for a very long time through a very um, difficult. Um, several years that he had had prior to that. And so when he um, graduated, um, we both kind of agreed, okay, like this is the time where I can do something I've been dreaming of doing for a very long time, which was to open an art school for children and adults um, to teach them painting and drawing. But really, you know, it's funny, we have such a secular view of art. Um, It's displayed so... um, it can be really, it can be really out there and really crazy. And uh, I wanted to really bring to our community a faith message, and um, you know, show show children in the community not only to love art, but also to see what our ultimate creator um, can do through art. And so um, we started Bloom Prince Art School, and it was it was such a blessing for four years. Um, We had that going. And then um, actually just recently this past year, my husband took a position up in um, Minneapolis. So we moved out of the state. So we still have the Blueprint Studio. I'm still um, selling my custom art pieces um, around the world, but we don't have the actual art school at the moment. We're still, we've got a baby on the way. So we're contemplating whether or not, you know, we'll we'll reopen that school up here or what the Lord's... um, going to be doing in the next year here. So <laughs> that's kind of where we're at. Um, we um, actually, I wrote a children's book last year that sort of went beyond what we could have imagined. Um, to be totally honest, we had a baby girl um, two and a half years ago now. And I have to tell you through, you know, social media has been a big part of where my business has been draw, um, drawn through. And um I was just so conflicted with the selfies and the self-promotion, and I had such a heavy heart for that, watching my sweet daughter watch me on my devices and you know, promoting our business. It was difficult for me, and I felt like I just really felt strongly the Lord was saying, you know, you need to write on this. You need to write a book for the next generation because they've only ever known social media. You know, we, we grew up as kids who played outside in the dirt. We didn't have all this crazy you know, technology. (laughs) We had, you know, we were able to go outside and, um, not, not get engrossed with all of these distractions. And, um, so we, I started writing this children's book about, um, making life about others and giving back in a world that's very selfie focused. And, um, so a portion of all of our proceeds go to different give back missions every month. And, um, you know, sort of, I felt like if we were going to have this story about giving back, well, we ought to do it ourselves then too, and um, sort of be an example. 
So um, last year I traveled the country and promoted the book and we just had such a wonderful response. Um, and that sort of brings me to where I am now. Um, just working on a lot of different um, commission paintings, painting series right now. And then um, also doing some illustration work for some Bible studies and sort of talking about the concept of an, a second book or perhaps a devotional. So just a lot of different things going on, but, but I'm just loving it. And I'm feeling like, um, just sort of hitting the sweet spot of where God, you know, wants me with, with, um, you know, this creative realm. So. Wow. I just loved hearing about that because, you know, I could read your bio on your website all day long, but hearing your actual story from you, it just, it's so neat and it's so it is different than reading about you on your website or even scrolling through Instagram because you just don't always get it's the full story is so much better conveyed through actual audio than words sometimes. So that's like one of my favorite things about this podcast is to really connect with creatives and faith-based entrepreneurs and just hearing your journey. I could ask you a thousand questions, but hmm, where will I start? So <laughs> with your husband, I mean, I, I really resonate with that because, you know, I got married and a few months later, my husband decided I'm going to go to school after having gone to Bible college. So I would love for you to start with like, how did y'all juggle that? How long did you work in, you know, your field, um, before deciding to launch your dreams? Did you ever have an overlap where he's, you know, working on pursuing his higher education while you're working a day job and launching your dreams? Like, how did that all happen? Well, I have to give my husband extraordinary credit. You know, this is a different generation, I'll tell you. <laughs> I think, you know, um, you know, the whole, the, the husband goes off and does his thing and then he comes home and he doesn't help around the house or whatever, you know, years ago, it's incredible. Like, I don't, I don't know anyone that can juggle like he can. So I actually learned more, um, watching him balance his, his school. And then if anybody, I mean, he's the first guy to, to drop whatever he's doing to go and help the neighbor, even if he's got stuff to study for or whatever. Um, and it's just, it, that was pretty amazing to me because I feel like, oh my gosh, you know, if I have a, if I have a lot going on, I, I cancel things. I, you know, I get overwhelmed and he's just like, no, you know, this is the reason we're here is to, you know, is to be there for others and God will take care of the rest. And his whole perspective is incredible. In fact, the first, the first couple I think it was three weeks after we got married, we, um, we were camp counselors at a young life camp. I don't know if you are familiar with yes, young life. I have, I was on staff. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know wow. that. So we took like, Oh, I don't know. 22 campers, um, wild actually it was wildlife. So that was even, you know, more crazy. Yes. <laughs> we were just like, Oh gosh, we were both on, you know, like we weren't salaried, people, you know, employees. And so we're like, okay, I was, I was overwhelmed. I was like, is this even responsible for us to do to go for a week? And then, I mean, essentially not get paid if we're not at work. And I just remember him saying, well, you know, this is a huge reason why we're even wanting to get married and attracted to one another. Cause we wanted to do, um, we wanted to serve together. And so it was amazing after that 
after he said that, it was like, yes, like, yes, you get it. That's exactly why we're here. And why do any of this if it's not to serve the Lord? So um, the ironic thing, we came back and we ended up getting more extra work through like, I had some commissioned projects and he had, um, he had like a cement laying job that he got. And it was just amazing how God provided actually even more money that week than, um, you know, just to pay our bills than we had even you know, that we probably would have gotten had we had stayed home. So it was neat to be able to serve and then to God to also, you know, to show up and just to be like, Hey, look, it's not about the money, but I'm, I'm just gonna take care of you, you know? So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So I worked for about, Oh, how, how long? It was a couple years, two, three years. And, um, until he was pretty much done. Um, uh, and then he, you know, as, uh, he did the therapist route. So as a therapist, he had to, um, get several, um, hours, um, that were minimally paid after that. So it was definitely a struggle, but I think we both felt so alive in what we were doing that, um, we just were really intentional with our time together. And, um, he, I'm much more, um, you know, I, I always think that I'm more of an introvert and I'm kind of a homebody, but, um, I'm much more outgoing than he is. He loves. So it's just funny. It was funny, like balancing, okay, you know, are we gonna, um, you know, just really making sure that we had intentional time to, to, to talk with all that we had going on. And, um, but it was just a really sweet couple years for us to grow and to just to watch the Lord work through our marriage. And, um, you know, we definitely had struggles and it was not easy, but I, I would not trade those years. It was, it was just precious. So I do always hear that, like that, those, those sweet years, whether they might be tight time-wise or financially or whatever, you know, the element is that they're always so special and sweet. So, you know, while my husband works all day and goes to school all night, I try to remember that because, (laughs) you know, uh, we're about to enter into his intern season of life, which is another element to add to the mix. So, uh, so when did you launch, did you, did what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did the studio come first? Did the art classes come first? Um, let's see. Well, you know what? I actually, now that you say that, it reminds me, I started doing threes and four year old preschool at our church. Um, just because I felt like, oh gosh, I really, I just need to get plugged into this community. We had started a new church. Um, he had, he actually also is a certified tennis pro. So he was teaching tennis on Sunday morning. So we had to find a church where we could go on Saturday nights for years. And then eventually we were like, okay, now we really got to get, we got to get plugged in. So we, um, I started teaching threes and four-year-olds. It was so tender and precious to me. And I, um, actually studied and lived in Italy, um, studied art. And ever since that point had really come alive for me. I've always loved the arts, but I don't think I fully embraced them till I was older because it just, um, you know, the, the thing everyone else was doing was sports and, uh, you know, all these other, um, socially acceptable things. So I, I loved the arts and I was involved in them, but I didn't, um, fully accept that that's sort of what the Lord had really had me, um, here to do, um, until, um, you know, until I was older and until like my husband really encouraged me. And, um, yeah, so we, we started, I started teaching classes and here's the really sweet part, Kelsey. Um, I had put it out on Facebook, beautiful Facebook. It can be good for some things. (laughs) Um, I put it out on Facebook and I just said, Hey, you know, I just have had this passion to work with children. I love the arts and I want them to 
just to see the glory of God through, through creating. And um, would anybody be interested in having their kids in classes? And I got such a response. And then I got an email from a woman who became my, one of my business mentors, um, who has eight children. She's remarkable. And she was just like, you know what, Amy, I have been praying over this specific space, which, uh, I mean, if you saw this space, Kelsey, you would just be like overcome with, it's so beautiful. It's got like these turn of the century, like wood plank floors and like, you know, vaulted ceilings. It's stunning. Um, she's like, I've been literally praying over this old space to be utilized as an art school. Um, specifically for children. And she's like, do you want, you know, would you be interested in renting? So she gave us a huge deal in the beginning so that we could get our feet wet because she knew where we were at financially. And it was like, I, I just remember being on my knees in prayer over um, the school and just the opportunity to to be a part of children's lives that normally I wouldn't have met because they were all, you know, school agers that I, I mean, we didn't have children, so I wouldn't have had the opportunity to be a part of these sweet babies' lives, you know, these kids and their parents. And so that, um, that was remarkable to me that, you know, just, just putting my heart out there and then having someone, um, be like, Hey, I've been actually praying for this space to be used for exactly what you want to do. And then it was just amazing to be able to do that because we had no, we had no financial ability to do it otherwise. And we didn't want to take out any loans. So it was pretty amazing. (laughs) Wow. So what, what do you have to say to people who really are having to trust the Lord to open up doors? Because I know that there are people listening. I have specific best friends launching and opening you know, say a coffee shop who like mm-hmm. they literally have to have God come through and open some doors to get it off the ground. What, yeah. what do you have to say to that process and trusting God in that process and how you look back and you see doors that were opened for you in your own journey? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think for me specifically, I was always like, Oh Lord, I know I have the, I know I have these abilities and I really want to use them, but I have no idea where to go with them. And there's certain positions that I really want to apply for, but they're just not, they're not going to be available for me because I don't have the experience specifically in the, in the workforce, you know? Um, and so that was such a downer for me because I was like, I knew I had, you know, I knew I had, you know, I knew God wanted me in that place, but I didn't know how to get started. And I think what I would say, first of all, I mean, it depends on really what you're into. Um, for me, it was just, I had to continually be surrounding myself around great content, first of all, just in terms of, um, you know, creating, um, working with my hands and I wanted to be inspired. But if you're, you know, if you're sitting around at night and watching like garbage television or something that's not growing you and growing your, um, you know, what you love to do, um, it's just not gonna, it's just not gonna bear fruit. You know, I think, I think first of all, just getting started, um, being surrounded by great content, great writers, great poets, great painters, whatever, um, and just start creating. It doesn't have to be perfect. I create stuff all the time that I'm like, oh my gosh, do I even want to share this? And you know, I don't, I don't love it. But it just doesn't, it doesn't matter because it's, um, it's God clearly gave you that passion for a purpose, whatever it may be. Um, so let go of the perfection. Cause I mean, it's just not about us. And I, well, I think really too, for me, um, the biggest thing for me has been to say, Lord, not what's my calling. Um, you know, what do you want for me? I think we put so much emphasis on me and I in this culture and yeah. it's so totally for me, 
um, you know, God, what's your calling for me or what do you see me doing before, you know, otherwise it can just, it becomes so central focused. And then I fail every time when I, you know, either give myself the credit or I think of myself being able to do something, you know, um, you know, we always tell people share your story, but it's like, I, I really think the more important thing is to say, share the story God has given you, you know, and, and place more emphasis on him. Um, but also beyond that, I think, um, in terms of getting started in whatever, you know, whatever you're really feeling called to do, maybe you're in a job that you absolutely can't stand. I've been in those jobs before. Like you love the people, but you're just like, this is so totally just a moneymaker, but that's completely okay. And I think I honestly praise God. I've had jobs that I don't like because it lit a fire under me to really work hard for what I wanted. And I don't think I would have appreciated the value of that hard work had I not been in a place where I was just like kind of miserable <laughs> for a while. Ah. Um, and then there, you look at the relationships that I, you know, I look back at these are incredible relationships I have now, but, um, I wouldn't have met those people and, you know, um, I wouldn't be as thankful for what I have now. And I would not, to be totally honest, I don't think I would have worked quite as hard, um, and owned it quite as much had I, you know, been in a job that maybe I kind of liked, you know, but I, I knew it wasn't right for me. So if you're in a, like a job that you just can't stand, like it, it might just be that thing that's going to light that fire under you to, you know, get you going in the direction that, God's really calling you to do, you know, and of course, prayer. I think that should have been what I said first, prayer and, um, seeking, um, counsel, Nick and I, my husband and I, we both have mentors in our life and it's wonderful to have, if you have, you know, solid parents that can speak into your life or friends, but I think having a mentor that's maybe a little older that you really find to be wise, that is huge. And, um, you know, just having those people pray over you can make a world of difference, you know, I, I don't think I did anything else specifically other than just kind of sharing, you know, sharing and being vulnerable with what my um, passion was and just to see if anybody cared to listen. And they did, which was um, totally a God thing, you know. So I guess that's my answer for that. A little long winded. Sorry. Hey, no, I loved it all. And I couldn't agree more about I mean, I typically end up asking about mentors on this podcast anyways. I couldn't agree more about being in a job that I felt like I was dying. Someday. <laughs> um, it, it really lights a fire under you to get out and ch make some changes. And if you really want something, then make it happen, you know, mm -hmm. and trusting God in that process and walking with him step by step. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think if I would have been like mildly happy in my job and and knowing that it could provide a stable, secure income, I had the fire under me to just do it, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, I can certainly say we, we've had so many instances where it just doesn't make sense for us financially to do certain things. And we've had a lot of people say, oh, that's not smart, <laughs> you know? But then we're like, I, I genuinely believe if you're walking with the Lord, and this is not, I'm trying not to be cliche, but like genuinely believe and have this as a life testimony, if you are walking with the Lord, if you're steeping yourself, not just in someone's book, that sounds good. That's Christian-y, you know, in actually the word of God and really praying over it. <laughs> um, not that there's anything wrong with books, but I think like when you're really getting everything straight from the source 
and um, really praying over it. God can do incredible things, um, you know, when you're just super just focused on Him and, um, and, and, and spending that time humbling yourself on your knees in prayer. It, it just makes all the difference. Yeah, totally. So, so you mentioned having mentors in your life. What has that been for you and your husband as you step out in faith in a lot of different areas? You know, you've opened a studio, you've taught classes, you have traveled the nation on book tours and class tours, you've moved across the country. What has their role been in this process in helping you guys to make sound decisions and giving you the encouragement to take a next step? What has that been for you? Well, God's been really sweet in providing um, just just people right at that right time that you know that um, that you just need that you just connect with on a whole different level that you can't really explain. Um, mine personally, she is she's going through a season of empty nesting. And, um, so she's going through it and I'm just building, we're just starting to build our family more and more. So it's beautiful because she's able to speak right to exactly what I'm going to going through. And I'm actually able to, um, walk with her through a, a totally, completely different kind of difficult season. Um, that's also exciting for her. Um, but it's been so sweet because we will, um, we'll talk on the phone and it's like, um, we, we know that we've both been praying for one another and we can see the, um, like we can literally we'll talk and we can see the answered prayers just from, um, this, the time that we've both taken to pray for one another. Her husband actually has been incredible for my husband as well. Um, they will have us over and they'll lay hands on us and pray over us. And there's a lot of tears because it's just, um, there's something so special about that kind of community and, um, people that, you know, maybe they're not your blood relatives, but they certainly are your family in the body of Christ. And it's just like, it just, it blows me away. And, um, I think a lot of people, you know, we don't necessarily stress the importance of mentorship, but I, Nick and I both, we, I mean, we would both say this is something that we not only like to have, we need it. Um, it keeps our marriage more solid and, um, it keeps our businesses more solid and just our, our faith walk. So knowing that somebody several hours away is like thinking of you and praying for you on a daily basis. It's just, it's amazing. Oh, totally. I mean, the mentors in my life have all been probably my mom's age, um, but played different type of mentor roles. Like our, when my husband was on staff at a church, you know, one of the ladies whose husband was also on staff at our church mentored me. And that was really good working through like my guilt complexes of should I be at church every time the doors are open because he is or, you know, God has provided me such a fitting mentor for every season I've had to navigate. And and I think Young Life really instilled that in me because it really all started with my Young Life leader in high school. Um and then I went on to do to be a leader to girls who are now some of my best friends, you know. And right, so right. I I mean, even our our model at Radiant is based off of Young Life. I mean, it's just been really cool to see the what Young Life instilled in me and the value of mentoring, the value of women pouring into other women. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep. It's just so cool. So I definitely want to talk about your studio and your classes and its evolution and all its changes in that process. I love your mission um, to watch others 
flourish and bloom. So it sounds like you've mastered the art of celebrating others, um, which I have this conversation all the time. Like, what does it look like to celebrate others? What um, impact does that have in your own life? What what drove you to want to see others flourish and bloom? Because to be honest, some people don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we live, I mean, especially as women, I think we compare, that's our always our first reaction, isn't it? I don't know. I just, and that's so unfortunate because we're all so built to do something so different. Um, we all have something so awesome we can offer. And I just feel like, um, I think even just as a young, a young girl finding my niche with friendships or, um, I was always, you know, I always love to kind of go off and, um, you know, I climb a tree in our backyard and I'd like write poetry and sketch. And, you know, I was, I always kind of had this like soul that liked to be off on my own, but whenever I'd, I always loved being with good girlfriends too, you know, so finding, um, finding just the strengths in your friendships and celebrating those, we can only be more impactful for the world if we are not comparing. And just, um, I think, I think I was able to actually embrace who I am and to be more comfortable in who I am in Christ when I just started saying, Oh my gosh, I, that's not my strength. That's totally okay. You know, or I don't look like that girl and that's totally okay. You know? Um, and I feel like I've had more contentment in my life. Um, actually there's a life verse that I love Matthew five, five, um, contentment for me, um, is when you, you are blessed when you're content with who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that cannot be bought. And I think when we um, when we celebrate other people, and when we are, we, I think we find complete contentment because we're totally embracing what other people are gifted with and what they're meant to do. And um, and then in that, you're I think you're able to just be a happier person, and you're just able to have more impact. I think we have more relevance. We want to be so relevant, but I think we have the most relevance when we're not looking internally and when we're looking out, you know, outwardly and, and celebrating other people. So, um, that was a big reason that I wanted to write the book too. Cause I think at a very young age, you start to compare even when you're, I mean, unfortunately super young these days, you can compare so yeah. quickly and, um, especially, you know, of course little boys as well, but my heart since having girl, you know, we're having another girl. Um, my heart's been particularly drawn to girls, because I just really want to instill that with our daughter. Now, of course, she's going to go through all the stuff that I went through because it's all, it's all par for the course. We all, you know, have to find who we are and that sort of thing. Um, but I want to give her the tools to be able to sort through that and to say, just to really embrace what she's meant to do and to celebrate her friends that maybe do something a little different than she does. And that's okay, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just think... Um, <coughs> just instilling like the art of encouragement, celebrating one another and like taking out this element of comparison and competition. You know, it's one thing to say community over competition, but it's another thing to live it. And when your friend is more successful than you in another season, learning to celebrate them because that in turn affects your own level of joy and happiness and fullness. And, and I, I want to be someone who, celebrates people, even if they're in my same industry doing the same exact thing I am and are more successful, like learning to live that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So you 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 started Blueprints Art Studio, um, and your goal obviously was not to provide. It's that you have here. Our goal is not to provide our artists with crafts or cookie cutter art to fill an hour or two of our time, but to encourage the use of technique, application, and introduce them to the joy that comes from creating through art. Um, I just think that's so cool. I love getting to see, you know, your space that you have up on your website that you um, started in. And I know you've since, you know, moved across the country, but I'd love for you to share about your journey. Uh, Well, actually, it's been um, it's that whole that whole experience was so beautiful because we had I had, um, you know, over four years that we were open there. I felt like on a regular basis, I would have moms coming in that maybe um, had read something that I had maybe shared on our blog or that sort of thing. And I mean, we would just be in tears and knowing that it wasn't um, anything necessarily that I said, it was just something specifically that someone else maybe needed to hear from our life experience at the time or something. Um, But it was that was really sweet and being a part of these kids' lives that I still am in touch with. Um, and to watch them build confidence. I had some kids that like had never had any interest in art, but their parents just signed them up and then they started to really enjoy it. Um, and that can be applied to so many areas of your life. Not just, you know, not maybe you don't want to become a professional painter. Maybe you're going to be an engineer, but you can still use those same tools and concepts of creativity. Um, but now, now it's been really fun because, um, again, timing is everything. Um, and it's so much easier to say when you're, when you're on that, when you, you know, like when you've gotten to that point, cause it's like when you're in the middle of like the, the really hard, the frustration, it's like, oh yeah, okay. I know timing's it. God's timing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to say that, but like looking back, it's like now, um, I really was struggling. Should we keep the studio going? Because, um, I have another baby coming and, um, you know, there's been different opportunities with this book and different illustration opportunities. And I've been selling my paintings so much. Should I be focusing on teaching as much in this season with babies coming and that sort of thing? So then my husband took this job and we were just like, okay, well, this is, this is our answer. And I think it would have been really hard for me to, to stop otherwise, um, but I think the timing is good. Um, it's hard. The biggest thing for me is to not be as connected to the community as I felt like I was there. Um, but we are in a new city, and um, it's been really stretching me to get out and meet new people. And, um, you know, it's just been so beautiful to be able to create from home and to create paintings and to be this tiny part of a child's life or a family's life by having my art on their wall and to be able to ship it all across the country and across the globe. Um, that has been such a huge, um, blessing to be able to get up with my daughter. <laughs> she's honestly, okay. I, I, she's, she's a pretty easy kid. So I'm not saying that all, that this is like totally normal, <laughs> but she will just, she literally, if she can paint with me, like I'll set up an easel for her and she's just totally like, just like please this punch to just hang out with me and paint all day. So it works out really well for me now with number two coming. I know there's going to be extra challenges, but we're so excited to have her that we're just, you know, this is a little rainbow baby that's coming. We miscarried two weeks before her. So we're just so thankful for her. And so we know, we know we're going to be able to work out the kinks. Um, but, um, with my work and everything, but 
we're just really excited. Um, I'm just, I'm just loving being able to get up in the morning and not have to be anywhere. And I can just start painting and there's just something so joyful about that. But again, like this isn't something I could have just gotten up one day and just done and expected to be able to do it. You know, it's been such a process to get to this point. And I think the key for us has to just been to enjoy the journey because I, and I know again, I hate being cliche, but, um, that's been a huge part of the bloom concept. It sounds so silly to talk about blooming, but I really think, um, the whole process of it's, it takes a long time before that flower blooms, you know, and it, it takes a long, a long time before we can feel like we're really hitting our sweet spot and loving what we're doing. But I think we can genuinely enjoy the process. Um, you know, just by, just, just by staying in the word and just sort of following what we think, you know, the Lord wants for us. So, um, it's been really, it's been a really special season for me. Um, my pregnancy has been pretty good. And, um, so, you know, my husband is only two miles down the road, so he can come over for lunch. He used to have an hour commute. And so we like never saw him. He travels almost every weekend. So it's been so sweet to be able to have that family time. And the only detriment is I've had to learn how to cook because, because <laughs> home. and I used to be like, Oh, what do you want? Eggs or noodles tonight? You know? <laughs> so now he's home more often. So, uh, and we do, we do swap, we do swap those, um, those, those duties. He's remarkable. Okay. He'll come home and he'll like vacuum and he'll wash the dishes. And I'm like, Oh, maybe, you know, I am home. I should probably be doing those things. But, <laughs> hey, um, I always say my husband is a much better bathroom cleaner than me me. So that's totally his role. It's great. I love it. I never want to clean a bathroom again because he's so detail oriented with grout that, you know, girl, I know that's exactly our situation. He's much more detail oriented with that kind of thing. I'm just, I think in my head's in the clouds, maybe too much. (laughs) Well, I said that I said the other day, what do you think about like hiring someone to help me with like deep cleaning once a month? He was like, why? I'll just do that. And I was like, you re- you really want to do that? And he said, yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm holding you to it. <laughs> Baseboards coming your way. <laughs> but I love, I mean, I loved hearing you talk about painting with your daughter. I, you know, there's a really cute picture on your website painting with her. Um, what, what is that? process like sharing your creative niche with her? Well, you know, and first of all, I have to say this, you know, we get, we get very image driven with with the social media stuff. And it's like, yes, we have way more of a mess than that in our everyday life. Like it was just, (laughs) just want to put that out there. Um, but it, it's, it's like, you know what? I think it's really neat because it's, it's made me, um, like super chill out. Motherhood has been so sanctifying for that for me because it's like, you know what, if she gets paint on the wall, it washes off, you know, or if she's got, you know, maybe she goes, she'll go over to like a mirror and take a, like, she'll take like a watercolor or watercolor brush and she'll like, you know, paint on the mirror. And it's like, I know a lot of parents that would make them crazy. And we have a lot of white in our house, <laughs> Yeah, but I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, it wa- it washes and this is something she's learning i think it's great for her spatially now of course i don't i don't condone it and say it's okay when she does it she gets corrected but i love that she's able to um you know explore that creativity with me and and truly to see um i think a lot of moms that work from home have this like false guilt and it's like truly your kids are learning not only to um appreciate hard work 
and good, strong work ethic, but also to serve other people. I mean, in my in my industry, we're, I'm creating things to serve other people that's going to be hanging in their home or, you know, um, or maybe a book that they're reading. And so I think there's something really special about being able, you know, if you can, there's certain jobs that probably be really difficult to have your child engage with you. But um, that's been really cool to have the opportunity to have her um, – engage directly in the creative process. I mean, if she may not want to be an artist someday, but I think there's something that is really, you know, um, helping her with, you know, with just, just her brain development. And, uh, we sing a lot of songs, we do a lot of counting. So she's able to, um, we're able to do like a lot of learning in the process. So it's just, it's just, it's just been really fun. How special, seriously. Well, I definitely wanted to touch on uh, what false guilt looks like, um, how you found contentment. You know, I, as I navigate in some really great counseling sessions, for those of you listen, find a mentor or counselor. It's pretty awesome. But as I navigate, I deal with a lot of guilt running uh, ministry, you know, being in startup mode guilt for having people serve my vision, but not be compensated. And I literally was thinking the other day, oh man, I'm going to go through this whole another layer of processing. If I deal with guilt on this level with like friends and coworkers, how much more am I going to deal with guilt as a mother? (laughs) So I'll be coming to you for all the advice because I know mommy guilt can be a real thing. How to overcome that, what your thoughts on that are. Oh, girl, if I had all of those answers, I would be a millionaire. <laughs> I, well, you know, and everybody's, everybody's situation is going to be so different. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I certainly still, I certainly still struggle with that balance for sure. Um, but I think, I think, you know, I just, I don't know. I've let go of, I've been able to check a lot of my things, sort of that if you're going to talk therapy talk, you know, my husband has a, he's a therapist. So I hear these things often, but sort of that self-talk when you're talking to yourself and you're saying, okay, is this of God? Is this guilt of God? Or is this something that like the world's telling me? And that sort of thing can really, you know, just talking to yourself and saying, you know what, this absolutely has nothing to do. This is not legitimate shame that I'm feeling. You know, this is not something that I need to be feeling. Um, I think for us with everything, I think it's always just balance. I mean, for us, it's like, you know, if my home is, um, an absolute disaster, it means I'm in the throes of a project and I'm like, you know, my, I'm elbow deep in paint, you know, and I've it's, and that's okay. And it's just, it's a balanced thing. I don't need to feel guilty that my home doesn't look like Martha Stewart, you know, or whatever. Um, and, um, on the other end, if my home is clean, I probably have a lot of work to catch up. <laughs> so it's, but I've had to get to a point where I just say that's okay. And friends come over, they like, they totally get it. And I, it does, it's not a reflection of like me not being able to keep up with my home or my family. It's just, um, you know, finding that, finding the balance and being able to just check myself. And the, actually I pick a word every year. I love that so many people do this now. I think it's so special. At first I remember being like, that's so silly to pick a word, you know? And then now it's like, it's so amazing to me how God can take just these, these couple letters that are put together to form a word and have such significance every year. If you pick a different word for your year. And I woke up at like 3 a.m., a couple, oh, last month. And I was like, I didn't have a word yet. Normally I feel like I have a word just like really, um, 
speaking to my soul, but it was not only, uh, I woke up at 3am and I just kept hearing focus and refocus because I, you know, with a creative spirit, I have this, um, crazy ability to just like, you know, walk into a room and completely forget like why I went in there because I have all these ideas. Like every second I have like a new idea of something I want to do. And, um, for me, it's been like, just to really focus, but not only, you know, focus, but also to refocus because I think my lens can get so clouded then when I'm so engrossed in what I'm doing, um, with making it, um, really, you know, then I have to refocus it and just say, wait, is this of God? Is this something that is going to be fruitful for my family? Um, you know, and sometimes we over-spiritualize, I think, and sometimes you just have to do stuff. You just have to do it. You know, it doesn't have to be this miraculous moment or whatever. But, um, I think for me, it's just been, um, to get rid of that, that false guilt. I feel like I don't deal with that as much because I'm just able to just, um, steep myself in the word and, and truly that peace that passes understanding when I pray for it and God can just, um, just meet you right there and just say, yeah, you know, there's no use for that in your life right now. You don't need to be, um, stressing over that, but you know, I, I, of course, have not mastered this, but it's something that's that certainly helps. And just to have balance in our life and just to refocus continually, um, you know, um, and mostly to just keep my, my, my focus on the Lord. So that's why we're here. Yeah. Do you feel guilt like when you are working from home with your toddler or your husband? Because mm-hmm. I know that I already feel that sometimes when I'm you know, don't manage my time during the day sometimes while he's at work or say while she's napping. Um, and I'm just because of my choices, I now am working when they are available. Do you deal with that? Oh, absolutely. I think it's gotten a lot better for me. Um, because I've, you know, I'm not by, I don't think naturally I'm incredibly like a schedule person. I'm more of like, I guess for lack of a better term, more of a free spirit type. And I, I don't, um, I don't like schedule all hours of my day, but it's been really helpful to say, okay, this time of the morning, we're going to, you know, I'm going to spend time with, with her. We're going to spend time working on different things. Um, we're going to take time to go, you know, if it's really cold, maybe we go to the mall just so she can run. So she gets some exercise or, um, taking time to schedule play dates with friends or whatever. Um, but on the other hand, like I said, I, I do think it's, it's very good for her to see mom work. And I think if we feel guilty that we're working around our kids, I think that's, I just, I think that is a false guilt because, um, or just, even if you don't have children, you know, that you, you still need to, you still need to make a living and you still need to make your contribution. And, um, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have children, um, just, you know, scheduling in time for, um, you know, especially, I mean, my husband and I too, we have a time at night that we unplug and we just really try to just catch up and talk and just being intentional with us. A schedule has helped us. Um, and it's really freed me up from feeling that guilt and just to say, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Even if I wasn't working, I think I would still deal with it because there's a whole other level of things that you do. If you're not maybe getting paid for what you do during the day, you know, um, I just think, I think it's all just balance and rechecking yourself and, and making sort of intentional. I think being just really super intentional with your, with your time. And then I think a lot of that guilt can lighten. I don't know. What do you think? I, yeah, I, totally. Well, I look back and my mom was a working mom and she worked for, I mean, she, she traveled for her job, but then when she was home, 
she worked and she would be up in her office and she'd be working and I'd entertain myself and I turned out just fine. And I actually kind of turned out like a little bit of a girl boss. So I think it was to my benefit to see my mom working, um, you know, and, and the fond memories I do have are plenty of weekends at the lake playing all weekend and plenty of summers at the pool. And so I think, you know, I'm, I'm totally like guilt can be one of my biggest struggles in whatever capacity it decides to show up in. And so, um, just remembering like, A, I turned out okay. I need to stop psychoanalyzing every inch of life. (laughs) And then just be, you know, also, like you said, setting some, you know, intentional times. Like I, I deleted email from my phone Mm. a few weeks ago and it was the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, that's brilliant. I and do that too. <laughs> it's so great because I have, e- and, and I, I knew like that weaning process would be hard, but I have major inbox zero anxiety and I want it to always be at zero. So I was in this bad habit of if I got an email, it would notify me and then I'd feel like I needed to respond to it. Even if I was out to dinner or in a car ride or whatever free second I had to respond right. and And then I also would leave up tabs with my email open all day and just kind of be in my email all day as I was doing other projects. And I've actually found if I just do my emails in like an hour block every weekday, it gets done way more efficiently. And I really enjoy my free time or just other segments of my day because I'm not like sidetracked all the time. Right. I'm I'm actually more present in the time I do have off. And that's what I was starting to feel this tug of like, uh, I just feel not present in any aspect of my life. And I don't want that to be my legacy. Right. So I, I, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I mentioned, or maybe I just thought of the question. I don't know, but especially being an introvert, what do you find that when you create space for yourself to be, or to be in the word or just to be alone or quiet in your day that you're more creative? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, I mean, definitely. I mean, would you say the same for yourself? I just think that time to refresh and to replenish is like, (laughs) I, I mean, I have some incredible friendships and I, I love to laugh and I love to be with friends, but I feel like I'm totally depleted if I'm inundating myself with too much information and I, or just, you know, like you said, email or whatever, and not taking that quiet time. It's so, essential. Uh, I don't think I get enough of it. Um, I, I mean, I'm also very, I'm very inspired by being out, you know, watching people or, um, I'm very inspired by people online and that sort of thing. But I think, oh gosh, like we can just become, it's, it's such a noisy world, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the older I get, the more introverted I become, but I am an extrovert. Um, I think being married to my husband, I've become more of an introvert because he he literally <laughs> could talk all day long. Um, but I've found that I'm just like, if I can not put any meetings, not even put a workout class on the schedule till like 10 a.m., I can, I'm a much happier human being and my capacity to get things done is bigger. If And, and you see, you see um, business experts talk about this type of thing, like carving out time for yourself actually creates, to, it's like a productivity hack. You think it'll take time away from your productivity, but if you give yourself that, it actually makes you more productive. And it's been so true in my life. Right. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Oh man. And just creating space. Like I have lived in this season of launch, launch, launch this past year. And I, I, I realized like my creativity was tabled in that process. And as I've kind of come into more of a resting season and a refining season, I've started to see it come back as I create more space in my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. And I, I'm actually, I feel like, um, there's so many different things happening right now for our little family with a, this new job and this new um, everything that my husband has going on and with a new baby and a new home and, um, you know, really um, sharing more of my artwork online because I don't have the studio at this time. Um, I've just I'm actually it's been so busy. And we're also, I'm also talking to a couple different, um, we're talking about a a second children's book. And so it's like, there's just so many things going on that I am um, cherishing. I'm really looking forward to that time with baby number two, where you have um, even those, you know, those middle of the night feedings where it's quiet. And it's like, I have this thing where I will not look at my phone if I'm if I'm up with my, you know what I mean? It's like, I just want that to be tender, sweet, quiet time that I can pray over my, you know, over my family and my friends. And, um, there's something so rejuvenating about even taking those maybe less desirable moments and, and creating space to just, to just be in that moment. Um, there's so many distractions. I mean, it's insane. Like I, I deleted Twitter and I've never been on Snapchat and I've just deleted all these different things because I'm just like, I, there's no need for that in my life. You know, I don't, it's not fruitful for me and it's just another thing that's going to pop up on my phone. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I honestly think we just need to, like you said, we just need to create that margin. Otherwise we can go crazy. And I think that's exactly where, you know, I think the evil one wants us there that he wants us living there and just being distracted constantly. There's so much good that can come out of, um, the different things that, you know, we can engage in, but there's also, it can just, it can be completely detrimental. So you're absolutely, I agree with you. And I'm, I'm taking notes too, girl. Like that's, that's so good. And early in the morning to just take that time and just to be, just to be quiet before hopping on your phone or, you know, or your email or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll be the first to say I hate working out, but I know that it's beneficial for my life. And my, one of my best friends here in Colorado is like a fit queen owns a pure bar studio. So I'm trying to get myself there. Once I'm there, I'm fine. But I even found that even if I scheduled class, I had massive anxiety in the mornings because I felt like I had a time limit on my time. So I've just started like pushing any plans back to later in the day so that I know when I wake up, I have a window to be. Um, and I just, I actually get so much more done by doing that. And I know that I've, you know, it took me a year of kind of, you know, I do not advocate for living in the hustle, but it did take a year of hustling to get started up and to get to that place. So for those of you listening, like that can be a necessary process sometimes, but, and it's not bad. You know, we talk about hustle, like it's a, a bad word and, and, as a constant state of living, yes, like not sustainable, not good, but necessary to get things off the ground. And so I, I say that from coming out of that season. Well, you know, my mom always used to say this when I was younger and I loved it. She said, you know, as I mean, she used to say as a woman, but I think really as a human being, because I don't I don't think we can just put just say just women. Um, she always used to say, um, how did she how did she word that? You know, as a woman, you can do everything, 
just maybe not all at the same time. You know, and I think that was so good for me as a young woman to remember, like, you can look at these people on, you know, online or whatever, and you can say, oh my gosh, how can she do all that? She's amazing. Like she's, she's juggling all these things. And it's just like, yeah, but we don't know that backstory of how long it took them or, you know, what they're doing in their everyday and what, you know, if they're scheduling in time for, for quiet or whatever. And it's like, I just love that. I love like, we can do, we can, you know, we can do anything. We just have to, um, remember that nobody does it all at once, you know? And if they do, um, they're not going to be doing it long because they're going to totally tire out because we're just not perfect beings. We weren't created for that. You know, I mean, even when you look at Christ, like spending time alone, he was like the master of that. And he is, you know, son of God. So I'm pretty sure if he needs it, I'm quite sure we could probably benefit from it too. <laughs> Take some notes. Yes. Well, yeah. I know like we talk, we've talked somewhat about your daughter, but I remember in our email exchange before this, we talked about what it's like raising your daughter um, as a woman of faith in a very woman power culture. What's it's, what is it also like you touched on her seeing you take selfies? You are in the social media world and that has been a positive thing for your career. So it's not a bad thing. Just how do you navigate that? Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. It's not, I don't want this to come across the wrong way because I don't think it's a bad thing. I think being a strong woman is great. I think it's beautiful. I think it's wonderful. However, I think, um, we can get so caught up in women's power and being s- and strong and being tough. And, um, all, while all of those things are wonderful and we've co- come a long way as women, um, you know, with women's rights and that sort of thing. But on the other hand, I also feel like at a certain point we can start to really detract from our creator when we start focusing so much on myself as a woman and being myself being strong, you know? Um, and I just think we can start to really become all about me and that is dangerous. Um, so I think, you know, I think it's wonderful to celebrate those things, but to really check ourselves and say, Oh gosh, you know, like I'm, I'm conflicted. I tell my husband all the time, I'm conflicted for raising a girl in this culture because we do have a very different view of a woman today. And I think, it's beautiful to be strong, but it's also beautiful to be feminine. And I think, um, there's nothing weak about being a woman and there's nothing, um, you know, I, I just think we just need to be really careful with, um, this with, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but I just think, um, if we're taking our focus off the Lord and we're focusing so much on, um, our inner power, regardless of what we are or what race we are, female or male, I just think, um, that can be so dangerous. So I, I, it'll be an interesting balance to raise girls in this culture, I think, um, to not make it like the girl boss, girl power thing, but more just like, um, just, you know, finding, finding your legitimacy through, um, who you were created to be and not, um, I don't know, like a label of being a strong woman. I think you can definitely be a strong woman, but also embrace your femininity. I don't know. I'm having a hard time saying what I feel, but it's been a struggle for me lately because I want to make sure my daughter embraces that, but also doesn't get caught up in making it um, very inward focused, if that makes sense. Totally. I think you are crystal clear. And even even, uh, I resonate with what you're saying because I tend to totally go the route of like, I am a strong woman. 
But <laughs> I I did before I got married specifically, I had a series of and I'm not a dreamer, like I'm a daydreamer, but not a sleeping dreamer. I don't have meaningful dreams. If I do have dreams, they're really choppy and strange. But every once in a while, I'll have like a series of dreams and they're all the same until I finally get what God's trying to say to me. And this whole entire summer before I got married, I had these dreams about searching for my husband, David, in the midst of chaos and looking for him and needing him. And I would, you know, kind of bring up dreams to people who, you know, had some insight and wisdom and were super in tune with God. And they would give me an answer. And I'm like, "Eh, that doesn't sit with me. Like, great answer. I don't think that's what the dream means. And I kept having them. And then I was at this missionary school in Mozambique. And one of my roommates said, Kelsey, I've heard you say all summer, I'm an independent woman, which my mom says that too, like whatever. Um, And it was just kind of my like little fun tagline, like I'm an independent woman. Um, And she was like, I feel like your dreams are God telling you that you're going to have to learn to lean on David and that he is bringing you into a relationship of learning to um, lean and, and put your faith and trust somewhat, not fully, like ultimately all of my faith and trust is in God, but also learning that in marriage and that being a reflection of my relationship with God. And as soon as I had that answer, I stopped having the dreams. And it, mm-hmm. it's been a process of God teaching me that like, while I am a powerful woman and I can do a lot of things myself, I'm not meant to live in a state of self-reliance. And so um, that has been a really powerful message for me because I can totally go down that road and and learning that it's just better when I choose to lean on God. Um, he, I wasn't meant to carry the weight of life alone. You know, it's funny too. I remember I had been single for quite some time before um, my husband and I got married. So there was a lot of adjusting that had to be done when you're kind of set in your ways and you kind of have your way that you do things. And, um, and I think, you know, not even if you're if you're, I think, you know, as a single woman too, I think it's even, it can be really hard to, um, you know, to not really take pride in your, in your strength and, um, your ability to do certain things. And which again, I think is a, I think it's a wonderful thing, but I think again, rechecking ourselves and just saying, okay, am I, am I making this, um, you know, more about me than about my maker? That's, that's when it gets, you know, it gets dangerous, you know, or whatever. And I love what you said about, um, your friend, you know, kind of pointing that out. Cause I think, I think we've all been there as women, cause we want to be able to say that we can do everything, you know? Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, I mean, I, I think <laughs> we always laugh because I love biblically, you know, my husband's always like, yeah, he's, he's like, you know, God made Eve because man was not complete without her. So this is not like a, this is not if you're a Christian woman that you are like, you know, you're supposed to like the word submissive has been completely misconstrued because, you know, if you are, you know, man was not, he was not, God just said, he's not, he's not good enough alone. He needs a partner. You know, he needs another, he needs female. And so it's like, it, it is completely wrong to think that we are, um, you know, one is weaker than the other or something. It's great to be strong, but you know, we have completely different, we have been created very with very specific roles, but that doesn't mean we can't 
still be strong. But I think a man too, if a man thinks too much of himself or too strong, he can, that can be a detriment to him too. You know? So it's like I said, it's going to be a balance raising girls in a culture that, um, it's kind of gotten, it's kind of gone completely the other way where it's just like, I love Elizabeth Elliot. I remember her quoting, a quote of hers saying something about, you know, like the more feminine you are and the more you're able to in- embrace your role as a woman, um, you're able to allow the man to embrace his role as a man too, it, regardless of whether you're married or not. But, and that doesn't mean like the woman, like as in the 1940s idea of a woman, it just means the idea of a woman, how God created us to be. Um, and so we have a lot of opportunities today, which is I mean, more than ever before to, to have the same jobs and to do all these great things. But I think we also still need to keep in perspective who our ultimate creator is and what, you know, just to make sure we're just checking ourselves on that. Um, it, it's just something that I struggle with a lot internally because I want to make sure that our daughters are still, um, they're conscious of being strong, but also I love that Cinderella quote, that being kind and courageous you know, you can, you can have courage and you can be strong, but it's also really important to be kind and to be, and to still embrace who you are as a woman, you know? Totally. I just, I love everything you have to say about that because that, that really speaks to me. That really speaks and makes me think about what I want to pass down to my daughter. Um, and just has been a lesson, you know, for me along the way in my, uh, tendencies to be very, um, you know, girl powery, you know, it, it is, it's a gift and a reflection of God's heart to be strong. I mean, some of my favorite characters in the Bible are people like Ruth, who was brave and Esther, who was extremely brave. And, and there are five women named in the lineage of Jesus, which a is super rare to begin with, um, to, for women to be in a lineage, but it's all for their act of bravery. And I, I love that, but also embracing, yes, but they were totally reliant on God. Um, and it isn't about them. Like their bravery was not about how awesome they were and their capacity to do everything. It was, yeah. And I, I love that. So totally you're speaking my language, girl. What a fun podcast. Um, before we go, I want to talk about your books. Um, I want to talk about your first book. I know you're in the process with a second book and how the first book was super well received. Uh, tell us about it. Okay, so it's called Bloom With Me. It's M-I. It's the Italian word for the English word me um, because I had studied there and it was just close to my heart. Actually, it's funny too. A lot of a lot of friends think that it's after our daughter. Her name is Mila. Uh, it's not, but it is. Um, it's funny because we do call her that a lot. We call her me often or Millie. We call her me though very often. And um, I just remember thinking, okay, how am I going to raise this girl in this culture to not think it's all about me? <laughs> <laughs> so, and her, we spell it M-I for her. So anyway, um, that sort of concept came about and I was like, and after working with these kids at the studio too, I was seeing what their conversations were about. And, um, I was just like, gosh, you know, I really, it just was so laid upon my heart to, um, impress upon this next generation. Um, you know, it's just not, it's not all about me. It's about, you know, community and giving back and, um, you know, it's funny, even on you know social media, you talk about having followers and all this sort of thing. And it's like, I, I don't even, I can't even get myself to use that term because I feel like we should only be following Christ. So I'm always like, oh, my online community (laughs) or whatever, because I just feel like I don't want, um, I don't want to like, and maybe I overthink it. I probably overthink it. But, um, you know, I just feel like 
it's so cool and important to be intentional with our kids to be like, and, you know, in turn ourselves, I think, I think a lot of parents get this message then too, that, um, we should really be giving back and celebrating each other more. Um, and then we're going to find ourselves a lot more happy. And, um, so this character, me, she, um, just happens to be a little artist just cause that's precious to my heart, but she carries a little paintbrush and she ha- wears a flower crown, which happened to just be quite trendy when I was writing the book uh-huh. uh, a couple years ago. And, um, so she, everywhere she goes, she has a choice. She can either make life all about me, this M I me character, or she can give back and she can bloom. Um, so every time she decides to give back or to make something about someone else, she leaves this metaphorical bloom behind and, and she has flowers falling from her crown. Um, so it just is all these little, all these little things that she does every day and the different decisions she can make to either give back into the community or to make it about herself. And, um, just how, um, just how much beauty she's spreading just by do, making things about others. Um, then at the back of the book, we have a prompt where you can um, share your story. Um, if you're going out into the community, maybe you made, you know, and it doesn't have to be these big over the top things. Maybe you made cookies for your neighbor, or maybe you just went and read a story to um, the kid next door or something, you know, just taking time um, to bloom and to be there for other people and leave that metaphorical bloom behind. Um, and it's been amazing, Kelsey, the emails we get, um, about like, you know, children, like children as young as three years old are, are talking to their parents. Okay. What am I good at? What can I do for somebody else? And we've had like as young as three-year-olds that are like, oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm really nice. I could probably sit next to that kid in school that nobody sits next to, you know, or, or things like that. Just like melt. I mean, I'm always in tears over these messages that people are sending about what these sweet babies are doing in their community um, just by like a simple pen and ink illustration book. And the whole book is in black and white because we want, uh, well, I want, I always say we because it's my our business, but um, I really want people to be able to read this book regardless of race, gender, um, and, and see no color to her skin or hair. She's completely in black and white, so she has no color to her skin or hair. If a child wants to color her in to relate with her, that's great, but they don't have to. Um, but the only thing in color is her brush and her bloom. So you're really focusing on what she's doing over what she looks like um, or what her appearance is. And um, like I said, it's just been really cool because we've been able to give proceeds. Um, we've been able to partner with um, the preemptive love coalition. We sent them a nice check, um, because we sent a bunch of our proceeds of the book to them, um, for the Aleppo refugees, we've done work with food for the hungry and other smaller initiatives in the area where we've been able to take money that normally we wouldn't have. Um, we can take the proceeds from the book and give that back. And it's just been so special to, um, to watch God use that and the different connections. And, what I think is amazing to me is I think a lot of people are craving this message because they're like, gosh, um, you know, there is a lot of me, uh, you know, this millennial concept of being very me driven or me focused and to be able to say, no, it's not, it's okay to say it's not all about me. Like it's okay. And that, and we can give back and it can be a beautiful, beautiful thing, um, to spread that kindness and, um, and love to people. So it's been really special to see how it's been received. Um, and just kind of traveling around and talking to different schools and doing different events and um, speaking at different conferences and just sharing the story. Um, we've even had like Bible studies of full-grown women that have taken it on because they just, you know, we can even as adults, we can embrace this message. You know, um, some of the parents 
have even become more influenced, I think, than some of the kids because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're kind of, you know, we, we could give, we could afford to do a little bit more in our community or that kind of thing. So um, it's been really sweet. That is seriously so cool. And I have just so enjoyed hearing about your books. Where can people find your books? At your website, Amazon? Um, they are on Amazon. It's on, it's at Bards and Noble as well. Um, my website is um, www.bloom as in the flower bloom prints studio at, um, dot com. And, or you can just go right on Amazon and look up bloom with me and just spelled M I. Um, and yeah, there, or you can, you know, you can email me directly and I can shoot you one that's got a little message in it if you prefer. And um, we also did partner with an incredible company that makes these gorgeous flower crowns. So we'll be, um, we sell those throughout the year. And then um, also Easter time, they're great for like, you know, I don't know about you, but we wore these great Easter bonnets when we were kids and white gloves and stuff. And <laughs> we're like totally all about bringing back the Easter bonnet with the balloon with me crown. And so kids have been getting those in their Easter baskets. And so I think we're going to do that again this year. So um, you can also buy those on our website. That is so fun. Well, before we go, I would love for you to share a few things you're loving. Like I know you love to be on the word each day, but do you have any specific books you're loving, um, albums you would recommend, anything that you would like to share? We always love recommendations here. Well, my husband and I actually just picked up the two as one devotional for you and your, for you and your spouse. If that's something you're looking for, my husband and I are both so preoccupied and busy right now that we were like, we need, we kind of need something to just give us a little direction. Um, we like to pray together, but let's be real. It's just not happening every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's by Ryan and I don't, I hope I say this right. Ryan and Selena Frederick, they have, um, fierce marriage and this isn't, I don't know them at all in any way. I just saw it online. Um, so we're doing the fierce marriage study. It's super simple and it's just like a couple prompts, but it actually really makes you think, um, with your spouse. So that's been really good for us with that. Um, I've really been enjoying the, um, oh gosh, I hope I can remember the name. It's the recent book by, um, Corey Robertson. I just love her. I oh, think she's yes. wonderful. Um, anything by Lisa Turkhurst. She yes. just speaks right to my soul. I just, I love how authentic and just, she's just wonderful. So, um, but yeah, I think it's strong and kind kids by, um, Corey Robertson. I'm absolutely loving that because she talks about in the whole first section about, um, how her family would go on these trips and they got to take all these wonderful trips, but her father was really intentional about, um, picking family words and making sure that they were sticking true to those words in their family. And I thought that was so cool. Um, so it's really prompted Nick and I to kind of create like a little bucket list of things we want to do as a family, but also what is our mission statement as a family? What is it going to be? Um, you know, in the, like, what are we, what are we going to base off our, you know, our children's lives and what are we going to try to encourage them to do in their daily life as a part of our family? So that's been really neat, you know, to, those are things I probably wouldn't have thought about my own, but it's kind of neat to be able to, um, have that real intentional direct, um, you know, prompting to have like actual words. It's just beautiful. So those are some books that I I've been really loving. That is just, I'm excited. I need to pick up Corey Roberts and stuff. Cause I've um, listened to an interview with her on another podcast and I so enjoyed it. And I've heard great things about fierce marriage. So, um, I will definitely have to check that out as well. Well, and I will say this actually a good friend of mine just wrote, um, a book and I promise this isn't a plug. I've genuinely hey, genuine plug it girl. <laughs> she, um, her name is Kathy Izzard, I Z A R D. She wrote this book called the hundred story home. 
Um, I haven't finished it yet, but I can't put it down when I'm reading it. It is about, um, she totally stepped out of her comfort zone. She did not want to, she wasn't sure what she wanted to be doing to be giving back. And she ended up building this home for homeless people. Um, and it's just an incredible story of like her past and her difficulties as a child with uh, a mother that had like, a, I don't know if it was a break with reality, but just how difficult that was growing up with that. But the beauty and the fruit that can come from your, your struggles. And she's just, I mean, I love her writing style. It's just been really um, fun to watch her um, share that story in the community. And it's been so inspiring to me to get out more into my community and be doing I'm not just talking about it, but actually doing it, even if it doesn't feel comfortable, you know? <laughs> cool. I can't wait to check that out. Can you say the name again? It's Kathy Izzard. Okay. I-Z-A-R-D, and it's The 100 Story Home. Perfect. I just love the way that she writes, and uh, it's just really been um, inspiring me lately to, to get out and do more in our community. That is just exciting. So that, I mean, even um, my best friend is the pastor um, of our church or, you know, it's a husband and wife, both of them pastor our church. And her and I have been talking about how can we really connect with the city we're in? I, neither of us grew up here. So just trying to develop, like, how can we, um, be inspired to connect with and serve our community? Because obviously why we want to do that as a church, you know? And so, uh, right. that, that sounds really exciting for me. Um, Man, I've so loved having you on the podcast. I could chat with you all day long. Where can our listeners um, find you on Instagram? You've mentioned your website. Anywhere else? Uh, yeah, on Instagram, um, it's just Amy Cavs, K-A-V-S. Um, Cavalaris is just a mouthful, so we just go with Amy <laughs> Cavs. <laughs> um, and then um, also on Facebook, Blueprints Studio. I'm sharing there oftentimes, um, just whatever you know, whatever's kind of going on. I've got a couple different Bible study, I'm, Bible studies I'm illustrating for, and a couple other potential things that we're working on um, for children that I'm just really excited about. So I don't know what's all going to pr- transpire with all those things, but you can kind of, you know, if you're interested, you can kind of catch up with us and my husband and I to see. Um, I, honestly, I I try to connect as much as possible if somebody reaches out. Um, Cause that's just what we're here for, you know? So, um, I'd love to chat with you if you wanted to reach out on Facebook, Blueprints Studio. Um, it also says Amy Cavs Art. So it's pretty easy to find. Um, and then just our website. So, oh, how fun. I'm excited to keep up with what you've got going on. We'll definitely have to have you back on here because it has been a blast just learning from you. I've been taking notes and um, I'm just honored to know you. Thanks for joining me. Oh, Kelsey, thank you so much for your time. Was it Amy a blast? I so enjoyed talking to her. She was so full of light and joy and fullness and hope. I really was encouraged by our conversation. We actually continued to talk for about 40 minutes beyond the podcast. Um, It truly was a soul sister type connection. So I'm honored to know her. So thankful she joined me here. And I know you guys probably loved her just as much as I did. As always, check her out on social media, follow along with what she's doing, and you can keep up with us across all social media platforms as well. You can find us at Radiant Collective. We have made a little bit of a shift and we'll be unrolling a new landing page soon, so stay tuned. If you love the song from this episode, it's by Kayla. Find her on iTunes. She's also a columnist at Radiant and it was produced by Christian Sager. Until next week. 
It's not every day you have to replace a water heater, more like every 10 years. The Home Depot can help with a wide selection of the latest models from Rheem and a helpful online water heater buying guide to help make choosing the right Rheem easy. From gas to electric, tankless, even smart models that can spot a leak before it happens. Water heaters have come a long way. You don't have to. Go to homedepot.com to find the latest Rheem water heaters and helpful answers and advice from our water heater buying guide. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done money. Sometimes it's hard to make it all add up. Thankfully, as part of your Microsoft 365 subscription, Money in Excel makes managing your finances a bit easier. Keep track of all your accounts in one place to help reach your financial goals. See how much you spent online last week. Set up a personalized budget. Get alerts about due payments and save for a rainy day as you stay on top of it all with Money in Excel. Buy now at Microsoft365.com slash budget.